Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The light is red, the kids are in bed, which means it is time for Mile High Musings with me, Aaron Yowell, right here on IE Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports. Sports fans, it's your boy Aaron Yell, and you are listening to Mile High Musings here on IE Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports. It is episode 13. I hope you all had a fantastic two weeks. Thanks for letting me be gone again. And of course, I had committed to not doing the podcast the day before the Broncos got their probably one and only win of the season last weekend. But... Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, sports fans of all ages, it is time. We ascend to the top of the peak and breathe in that rarefied mountain air as I bring you sports takes a mile above the rest. On tonight's episode, we will talk about the CU Buffs narrowly escaping defeat in Tempe, the Broncos donning their straight fire snow-capped helmets and color rush jerseys welcoming the New York Jets to town and then subsequently getting beat because they suck. And also, on a lighter note, a season preview for those good, good Colorado Avalanche. But before we get into all that, let's go ahead and take care of some business. For the last nine years, IE Sports Radio has been bringing you amazing content ranging from interviewing legendary athletes, coaches, and other authorized media personnel to building tailor-made shows dedicated to all major sports cities around the country. Make sure to follow us at IE Sports Radio on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok to keep up with the latest in sports and with our shows. 
Also, make sure to check out our daily updated website, iesportsradio.com. At iesportsradio.com, you can see our daily show schedule and all of our show pages with personal bios and the podcast feed for each individual show, including this one, Mile High Musings. Check out the show page at iesportsradio.com slash milehighmusings. In addition to our show pages, you can catch the iesports radio blog, Hall of Fame, Fans of the Month page, and our merchandise shop, including t-shirts, tank tops, caps, long sleeve shirts, hoodies, and so much more. For nearly a decade here at IE Sports Radio, we've continued to be by the fans and for the fans, and we thank each and every one of you for all of your support and for making IE Sports Radio your direct feed for all that is sports. What's good, sports fans? It's your boy Aaron Yowl from Mile High Musings here on IE Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports, and I am super excited to tell you about a new sponsor on the network, Planet Jerky Premium Brisket Beef Jerky. Planet Jerky is the official jerky of the 2022 California League champion Lake Elsinore Storm single A affiliate of the San Diego Padres. This all-brisket beef jerky offers gluten-free options, contains no MSG, no sodium nitrate, is low in sugar, and high in protein. That's my favorite part. This is some of the best beef jerky you can get your hands on. Check them out online, planetjerky.com. Once again, a huge shout-out to our sponsor, Planet Jerky, premium brisket beef jerky the jerky that is on a whole other planet ladies and gentlemen let's kick off tonight's episode of mile high musings on ie sports radio your direct feed for all that is sports with some good tonight is going to be a positive sandwich we're going to put some positive on the bottom this first segment here and then we're going to layer in the garbage and then we're going to put a positive piece of bread on the top so it'll be a disgustingly middle a disgustingly tasting middle segment of the show, but we're probably only going to go three segments today. Uh, Broncos weren't good enough to warrant me going back a week. And I don't want to get to the Nugget season preview just yet. So let's start with those CU Buffaloes. Oof, they surely tested our heart health this weekend against Arizona State, man. I'll tell you what, they got out of the gate slow again. Every single week, they're getting out of the gate slow, and it's killing them. It's killing them every week. Had to play catch-up, then squandered a lead before getting the game-winning field goal with 12 seconds left in this one. I don't have access to the Pac-12 network. My TV provider situation did not let me watch the game live. I was following it on GameCast on the ESPN app. I looked at a lot of highlight packages. I watched post-game press conferences and things like that. But the biggest takeaway was the O-line sucks, the defense sucks, the special teams aren't special, and Coach Prime was angry. And he said he was angry after the game, and he apologized for his anger. But he said he was tired of mediocrity, and that he has standards above and beyond what is happening on the field. And, and I think the most admirable part of his opening rant at his presser was that he called out not only the players, but also the coaching staff and himself. I mean, dang, gang, don't you want to coach like that? I do. I still, I, I've been saying this every week since the college football season started. I want a coach like that. I want a coach that's going to hold my feet to the fire, but at the same time is going to hold his own feet to the fire. So yes, please. No participation. Sorry. <laughs> Words are hard. I'm still angry about that Bronco game. 
And I had a week off. What am I doing with my life? No participation trophies or moral victories for this team. And I love it. It's brand new. It's fresh in Boulder. It's what those young men need. No snowflakes, man. I'm tired of participation trophies. I'm tired of moral victories. I guess like area football is just sucking the life right out of me. Especially when the Nuggets just came off an NBA championship. The year before that, the Avalanche won. Those two teams are doing great. The Rockies forever suck. I'm tired of terrible teams. Ah! Prime is doing a great job leading by example. And still, many people are coming at him because they think he talks too much or it's just for clicks. Here's as if it isn't, as, it, as if it's not, folks. I'm telling you, Coach Prime is not about, he's not clickbait. He actually believes what he is saying and he holds his team, his coaching staff and himself to the standard that he sets on a daily basis in Boulder. So I love it. Like I said, defense is horrible. Again, letting another who are you type quarterback look all world. This week's quarterback was Arizona State's fourth different quarterback of the season. CU gave up 392 total yards to a team that entered the game one and four and that hadn't eclipsed 300 yards but twice this year of offense. And Prime said it best. How are you going to give up a 96-yard drive to tie the game? How are you going to give that up? Offensive line looked horrible. Giving up five sacks, tons of quarterback pressures and hits, and they still can't establish a running game. So terrible defense and terrible line is a terrible, that's right, T-R-B-L, terrible Terrible combination for CU to have right now. They can't stop anyone, so they're forced to throw the ball. And when a defense knows that you must throw the ball, the defense is going to pin their ears back and come after the quarterback. When I, The one year I coached defense as a football coach, man, if it was a clear cut, if it was a clear cut passing situation, and I had decent DBs, full send. Because I knew what was coming. So you didn't turn the ball over in this game. That's good, right? Yeah, but they also didn't force any turnovers. A win's a win. Yeah, but. Shador was 26-42 for 239, a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Wide receiver Javon Antonio looked good. Five catches, 81 yards, a touchdown, a strong touchdown. A slant across the middle and took a guy with him into the end zone. And probably the most important 43-yard reception of the game when CU was driving at the end to get into field goal position for Alejandro Mata. Shador leads college football in passing yards, and that's astounding to me. It really is. It's astounding to me because of how bad the offensive line is. I'm really surprised that he has time to throw that much. And granted, CU's got good toys on the outside, and Shador's a dynamic talent, and he's going to be a top-five pick when he goes. I, I kind of wish he'd go next year so the Broncos could have him because I don't want Caleb Williams. There's there's something about him that rubs me the wrong way. I, ha- I can't put my finger on it yet. Give me a minute, though. I will. Give me a minute. And we'll talk more about that in the in the Broncos segment here coming up. But um, Shudor's great, and the wide receivers are great. We need We need dogs up front that can establish the line of scrimmage, that can fight people and help Hankerson or Wilkerson or Dylan Edwards run the ball, you know? Um, 
then we need defensive line that can stop the run and that can put pressure on the quarterback. I, I'm blown away by how the teams that I'm watching right now are not getting pressure with their front four or five. And that's letting quarterbacks pick them apart. This is the Buffs and the Broncos. While the teams they're playing are getting home with three or four or five guys. And it's driving me absolutely bananas as a fan and a former coach. So you get Stanford at home next week, eight mountain on ESPN. So another late one for us here in the central and Eastern time zone. Uh, Stanford's coming into the game with a one and four record. And CU needs to have a leave no doubt mentality to gain some momentum going into the bye week because then they run into a tough stretch to finish out the year. And I, you know, I'm not going to go back and highlight the schedule. We'll talk about that next week after the Stanford game as maybe in the bye week because we'll need content. But the one more quote unquote winnable game left on the schedule is against Arizona in November. And Arizona's 500 right now. And gave USC everything they wanted. Took USC to three overtimes this weekend. So that might not even be a quote-unquote winnable game. CU needs two more wins to be bowl eligible. I don't know if they're going to get it. I don't. Four and two right now. It's going to be tough, gang. They would need to beat both Stanford and Arizona. To even be bowl eligible. And at that point we're playing in the. Sister Mary of the Poor, Christmas Eve, Eve, Turkey Trot Bowl or something. But, I don't know. Last thing on the Buffs, quick, a quick update though. It came out early last week that Travis Hunter, this last week I should say, Travis Hunter is likely to miss the next two games. So that's this past weekend against Arizona State and next weekend against Stanford. That give Hunter two more weeks this coming week and the following week to recover because of the bye week after the Stanford game. But, that's it. So Buffs get a win, a little bit of a moral victory. Coach Prime's pissed, and I'm glad because he has standards, and I, too, have standards. And that being said, let's talk about a team on the other side of the break that apparently has no standards and is just god-awful. You are listening to Mile High Musings here on IE Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports. station we cover everything in the dallas fort worth texas area from where we cover the dallas cowboys the dallas stars dallas mavericks dallas wings texas rangers tcu smu we cover it all right here every wednesdays from 9 to 10 p.m central time make sure you stay live with me on the heart of texas sports on ie sports radio your direct feed for all that is sports Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do check out the Heart of Texas Sports with my boy Drewski. Wednesdays at 8 Mountain, 9 Central. Drewski, who is usually a regular in chat. He's probably watching them Cowboys get blown out right now. And also basking in the glory of the Texas Rangers going up 2-0 on the Baltimore Orioles in the ALDS. So shout-outs to my boy Drewski as he is probably a mix of emotions. He's in a glass case of emotions right now. Uh, let's... Let's just go ahead and rip off this Band-Aid, y'all. Let's talk Broncos. First thing I want to talk about. First thing. First thing. The only positive I have from this game. Those helmets are so freaking fire. I'm going to try not to cuss this week, even though I did click the explicit button. I'm going to try really hard not to cuss this week because I think my my brother-in-law is showing my nephew the podcast every once in a while. And I don't need him to know that Uncle's as feisty and fiery as Uncle really is. Uh, Not that I... I'm being untrue to myself, but I'm going to try to tone it back a little bit. So those snow-capped white helmets with the old school D, the navy blue and the orange, that needs to be the helmet going forward. I said that when those dropped. It was early in the life of this podcast. But I really think those should be the helmets going forward. And I'm going to talk about how the Broncos fan obsession with history could actually make that a good thing. The orange on orange was a lot. I think orange with white pants would be the dopest home look. And then on the road, you would go white helmet, white Jersey, orange pants. You could even go Navy pants in there too. Be pretty sick. Uh, So the best thing from Broncos perspective in that game were the helmets because the play was absolute utter hot. Garbage, as Coach Prime would say. Uh, you know, but too bad they're nothing but a glittery dumpster fire right now. Everybody in Denver, I'm telling you right now, is gearing up to buy number 13 Caleb Williams color rush jerseys or maybe some of the new whites that I just talked about because, boy, are we bad. I'm going to say right now the Broncos are about to be sellers this year. Like, I've never – I can't remember going into a trade season where the Broncos have been sellers to the – point that they're going to be this year. I think there are a lot of players that I love that are going to be traded. And we're going to get less than we want in return because teams will have us by the footballs. There's no way that we get what we want for these guys who used to be or were supposed to be good for us because we're terrible. And we're just trying to accumulate assets. Right? Like that's that's where I see us right now. We're just trying to accumulate assets. 31-21 loss to the Jets. Don't even want to report anything on this other than the fact that the jerseys were fire because it will depress me. I will say this. The quarterback was actually human and did not help the losing this time. Last four weeks, I've said it's not the quarterback's fault this time. It's not not the quarterback's fault. He was a contributor to the garbage this week. So instead of reporting on the depressing state of the Denver Broncos... I want to bring you some takes rooted in research, years of watching this franchise, 
and a handful of years of coaching football, both sides of the ball. So here we go. Here are Aaron's spicy takes for this week as they pertain to our beloved Denver Broncos. In this house, we praise the Lord and cheer for them Denver Broncos. That's right. And like your favorite child or your favorite student or your favorite athlete, you love them and you're hard on them and you're honest with them. And if they listen, maybe they'll get better. Now, I'm not saying anybody for the Broncos franchise listens to the show. If they did, they'd either hire me or they'd cancel me. There's no middle ground. But here is take one. Broncos fans must be the most disillusioned fan base on the planet. Or maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the most disillusioned fan on the planet. Because I had hope for this team. I predicted a winning record even. I did. I said 9-8 and eight is not outside of the realm of possibilities. And I, I wrote that check a lot. But now, to achieve my prediction, the Broncos have to finish the year 8-4. and four. Highly unlikely. Especially considering two of our next three games are against the Kansas City Chiefs. And we haven't beaten them since I got married. That's eight years in case you were trying to guess or even if you cared a little bit. Why are Broncos fans so optimistic? I kind of brought this up last pod, so two weeks ago, uh, after the the <laughs> Miami loss. Why is the Broncos fans... Why do we not realize that we're perennially a bad team? Like, sure, we have a winning record as a franchise overall. But a lot of that has to do with the fact that years we were really good. We were like really good, like 13 and 3. We have a lot of 13 and 3, 12 and 4 years. No, not a lot. A few. Which skews the numbers, I think. 64 years in existence for the Broncos. 28. 28 winning seasons. That's it, y'all. 28 winning seasons. Do the math. If you're not a math major, let me help you out. That's 34 losing seasons. Just because our record is skewed and we actually have more wins than losses as a franchise, don't get twisted. We have lost more seasons. We have had losing records more seasons than we've had winning records. We have 22 playoff appearances, 14 AFC West titles, 8 Super Bowl appearances. That's right, 8. That's a lot. I had to double check this one because this is kind of like what got me started on this take was, well, I had this take two weeks ago and I, I wanted to drive it home this week with what is it about the Broncos history that makes fans think that we're actually good? We have eight Super Bowl appearances. We're three and five in the Super Bowl. Did you know that only the New England Patriots have more Super Bowl appearances than Denver Broncos? Now the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys are tied with the Broncos for Super Bowl appearances, but... Their records in the Super Bowl are six and two and five and three respectively. And like I was like I've been saying, the crazy thing is that overall we have a winning record as a franchise at 501, 459, and 10. Shout out to footballreference.com for these numbers, by the way. But I'm telling you right now, keep playing like we are this year, and that's gonna change. So we have as many Super Bowl appearances as the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, and the Steelers. And only the Patriots have more than a shout-out Mikey Two Guns. And we have a losing record in the Super Bowl because we've been beat by the Cowboys and the Niners and the Giants. 
Taryn just asked in chat, I don't understand how the Broncos are this bad. They have the QB, coach, and defense. What are they missing? Well, Taryn, go look at a box score from this year. We actually don't have the defense. We have a defensive coordinator who's pissing down his leg every week because I think the pressure of being back in the Mile High City is too much for this guy. He grew up in Denver. He played in Denver. He coached in Denver, sucked as the head coach, and now his players look more lost than a freshman 3A football team learning the defense for the first time. I also think players are quitting on him. And I hate to say that about professionals who have their names on the backs of jerseys and who are getting paid millions of dollars, but I am going to get to that here in a minute. We actually don't have the defense. We have the head coach and we have the quarterback. What we're lacking, Taryn, is consistent accountability and consistent culture. And thank you for segueing me into the end of this point. We are on our ninth head coach in 15 years 2008 Mike Shanahan was the last year Mike Shanahan was a coach since then well including that nine head coaches in 15 years so there's no consistent message no consistent culture no consistent staff and I don't even want to talk about the quarterback carousel that gets brought up every time we change quarterbacks by every network that we play on the biggest thing Taryn is that the Broncos are missing are missing accountability and the next the thing that goes with that is the culture The culture in the locker room sucks. It has to. We're just not a great franchise. We are a loser more often than we're a winner. So why do we work ourselves up every year to think we're great? I do it. I do it all the time. Sertan is legit, Taryn. But the buck, no, the buck doesn't even get to Sertan. Because I watched him play today. I watched him like lollygag half-ass a play. My brother-in-law was sitting right next to me. He coaches... My youngest nephew, he is the father of a one Preston James Carmen who will go play college football one day, who will one day lead the Panther Creek High School Panthers from the quarterback position. And I smacked him on the shoulder and said, watch this replay. Watch Sertan not care. The defense is not caring. They have no fight, no backbone, no testicles. I get myself so worked up about it because I think we're going to be great. Because Taryn, like you, I think we have the quarterback, we have the coach, we have the defense. Statistically, we have had the defense a lot in the past. Um, going into this year, the lowest we've been ranked in the last 10 years was 10, 15, 10 years was 22nd in defense. That was a year where we had Peyton Manning and we were outscoring everybody, so it really didn't matter. Uh, but currently, we are the... 32nd ranked defense in the league. That's right. We are the worst defensive team in the league. Uh, So here's take two for you. The ghost of quarterbacks past haunt the halls of mile high in the hearts of Broncos fans. I said that I loved the snow capped helmets. I love the D I love the old school D I love it on the center of the field. Excuse me. I love it on that hat. I have it on three hats in my closet. I have it on one hat specifically that I wear almost literally every single day to work when I'm not, direct interacting with the client when I'm doing more of my engineering install and site supervision. And I think that the Broncos can capitalize on that old school D because of how many fans still associate that D with greatness. A lot of the Broncos fans that I talk to, that I love, that are share my that are in my house, that are in my family, we all love to talk about the good old days. With John Boy, as we call him in my house. John Elway, number seven. 
probably my first sports figure that I wanted to emulate. And then I realized that I was never built to be a quarterback. So we talk about John Boy and we talk about Peyton. This is simply Peyton. We don't call him Peyton Manning. We don't call him Manning. We don't call him 18. We call him Peyton like we're on a first name basis with Peyton Manning. Because we loved that man so much and we love his culture. We love his attitude. We love his silliness. We loved his leadership. So during the game, as the camera panned, you know, the upset crowded in power field at mile high, I noticed that there were not a lot of fans sporting jerseys of current players. You saw a lot. I mean, a lot of number 18s, a fair amount of number sevens. And then the next most frequent jersey number I saw was number 24, Champ Bailey. So we're talking about three Hall of Famers. None of those guys have played in like almost 10 years. For the Broncos. Spin that. Peyton played in 2015. That was eight years ago. I even saw a number 44, Floyd Little, one of the three retired numbers the Broncos have in the crowd. I don't think fans can buy into this team. They're not buying into the, like, you don't see a lot of a lot of number threes because of last year. Of all the jerseys that I'd go out and get, he's probably the one I'd go out and get because I have a thing for quarterbacks. But I don't know if he's going to be around next year. And I'm not really in the mood to get a, a Broncos jersey. A, they're expensive. B, I want to see what new jerseys they come out with. And C, there's not a guy on this team that I think is long in the tooth for the franchise right now. Maybe PS2. Maybe Sertan, Taryn. Maybe Marvin Mims, who had two fumbles today. And who was on my fantasy team and killed me because of that. You know, I don't know. Fans can't buy into this team because we've had so much turnover, coaching staff, roster, quarterbacks, or because we're stuck in the days of yore. You know, longing for number seven to come running out of the tunnel and lead us to glory down three in the fourth quarter with two minutes left and 98 yards to go, or because we're dying to hear a quarterback yell, Omaha, at the line of scrimmage as he looks over a defense. And up until today, the quarterback wasn't the problem. But he looked human and less than intelligent a lot today. But he's not the reason that the Broncos are 1-4. and four. I'm going to tell you that right now. Russell Wilson is not the problem. He might not be the solution, but he is not the problem. Take three. I'm going long in this segment because I'm going short everywhere else. So thanks for hanging with me, fam. Don't forget to check out the show on Twitter X at milehighmusings underscore I-E-S-R. Give us a follow. Let's hit, like, hit me up. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No 
purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm not always not always spicy. I am usually a glass half full kind of guy. But just Broncos football is making me glass half empty so that when the indoor sports start, I can be glass half full. Take three. Ready for take three for the Broncos? Take three. Current players are acting like precious little snowflakes. We talked about no participation trophies for the Buffs. Man, they need to adopt that mentality in the Broncos locker room. Some of those dudes look just happy to be there. One thing the Broncos will have going for them is beating the Chargers in Denver until further notice. Yeah, but that could, you know, that could change in a blink, Taryn, because the Broncos are really bad. Really bad this year. So these grown men are not holding themselves accountable. I, I don't think that the players are holding themselves accountable. I think they're looking to point the finger and make excuses. I think they're really leaning on the fact that Vance Joseph is having a tough year, that the Broncos are on their, like I said, ninth coach in 15 years, that defensive coordinators change as often as it seems I change my underwear. That's disgusting. I change my underwear more than that. But it seems that frequent. Vance Joseph's just terrible. He's terrible in Denver. Like I said, I don't know if it's the pressure of being back in the Mile High City because he lived here, grew up here, head coach, blah, blah, blah. But he's terrible in Denver. It's on the players. It's on the coaches. It's on the general manager. How would you feel being one of those bajillionaires who just invested in the Broncos and they're not giving you a return on investment? Let's let's stop and think like business people for a second, not sports fans. They're probably pissed. They just sunk $100 million alone into renovations into the stadium. But nobody's going to give a crap because they're not going to, like, y'all, attendance is going to go down so fast. You lose to the Jets at home the way you did. You're not going to, if you sell out, it's because fans are selling their tickets to other teams' fans. You're going to see a lot more of the wrong color in the stands in Denver. It's just, it's just it is what it is. So people on social media are saying that this player or that player deserves better than a team like this. But I'm going to tell you right now, just because the Broncos are going to be sellers doesn't mean a team out there is going to want them. Because I can pinpoint about half an offensive unit and half a defensive unit that have no heart. Garrett Bowles pissed and moaned a couple weeks ago about he hates losing and all he's done is lose here. Dude, I can think of more years than not in your career where you were the problem. You were the most penalized player on the offense because you were false starting, holding, cheating, you're out of shape, your feet are slow, whatever. I watched Pat Sertan, who's supposed to be the cornerstone of this franchise, who's supposed to be the best cornerback in the league, dance with a dude instead of tackling him, instead of rallying and tackling him to stop the ball, stop the clock, whatever, to give his team a chance. Yes, he made a ridiculous interception at the end. Ridiculous before Russ pissed down his leg and fumbled the ball. Caught the ball between his knees, didn't let it touch the ground. That's amazing. Luck. Because up until that point, he looked disinterested. I don't think I don't think the Broncos are going to get rid of PS2. Just by the way. They, they would have to get a first-round pick for him. And I don't think anybody's going to give up a first-round pick. Coaching needs to get better. The day-to-day needs to get better. The culture needs to get better. The players need to demand more of themselves. Frankly, y'all, I've said, I said this a couple weeks ago. If I was playing, I would be embarrassed to have my family name on the back of my jersey. The way some of these cats are taking the field every day. It's like, it sucks. Take four. 
We're almost done. So thanks for hanging with me. I can't believe my family and I consistently pay hundreds of dollars to watch this team. We buy the NFL ticket every year because we love our Broncos. In this house, we praise the Lord and cheer for them Denver Broncos. But we could just as easily watch the Cowboys, our local team, because we live here in North Texas, outside of Dallas, who have been to the same number of Super Bowls, but one more than us. We could watch the Cowboys wallow in their quote-unquote mediocrity with at least a little more success. They have better players. They have more Super Bowl success. They've been to the playoffs more recently. They... Uh, are local, we wouldn't have to spend $435 a year to watch them extra on top of the Hulu, Disney, ESPN, plus, 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 plus package that we buy. I'll leave you with this. Broncos fans, if you really want Caleb Williams and the number one overall pick in April's draft, are you ready to be terrible for another two or three years? We need a break. I need to pray. I need some Jesus. You all need to clear your head because I've been dogging the Broncos a lot. But let's collect ourselves. And then on the other side, let's talk about a team that's had recent success and who has a greater outlook on their season than those Broncos could ever even dream of. The Colorado Avalanche. You're listening to Mile High Musings on IE Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports. Sports fans, are you looking for a sports show that maybe isn't 100% about sports? Then you might want to check out the Sports Couple Perspectives right here on IE Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports. Most sports shows cover only scores and stats, and while we're not opposed to that, we dig a little deeper into sports issues and some of the hottest topics in athletics. In addition to sports, we take a journey through my neck of the woods, pop culture, with movie reviews of both sports and non-sports films. Speaking of pop culture, make sure to participate in our game nights, where we quiz each other on our specialties, and you, the listeners, can win IE Sports Radio apparel. We always have a great time learning more about each other's worlds, one show at a time. So join us each week on the Sports Couple Perspectives, right here on IE Sports Radio, your directory for all that is sports. Give the sports couple perspective to listen Fridays at six Mountain. That's five Pacific for Larry B and Cecilia. That's seven Central for me and Drewski here in Texas. But you're listening to Mile High Musings on IE Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports. And while we're talking about programming, a real quick programming note: our live show will be changing time slot starting next week. This is tough for my for my Pacific time zone. Listeners, Taryn and Larry B, who are constantly in the chat for my show, whom I appreciate being there. So this is <laughs> this is tough, but Mile High Musings is going to be going live, live on Spreaker at 6 a.m. Mountain, 7 a.m. Central, 
Sunday morning starting next week. The eight mountain slot on Sunday nights was perfect in every way except for that. I know, Taryn, but hang with me. I think you'll appreciate this. This time slot has been perfect for me in every single way except for the fact that when I finish the show, I am wired. I love doing this show. I I am a performer. I have a master's degree in theater. I love being on the stage. I love being in the spotlight. So when I get to do the show, I love it and I get amped up. And it's not like I have a pod persona. I am me. But I get excited to talk to chat and talk about sports. And if we're talking about good stuff, then I get hyped about it. If we're talking about bad stuff, then I get fired up. And for someone who... You know, some wire that takes me forever to fall asleep. And for someone who already sleeps like hot garbage on Sunday nights to begin with, I just, I need to adjust the schedule to make sure I'm getting rest and taking care of myself because work has been crazy busy, which is why I've been not every week. So I'm hoping that this helps. Uh, So I am sorry to all of my Pacific time zone listeners who love being in chat live with me. I know that's 5 a.m. your time and I do not expect you to get up and listen to me, but give the show a listen after it drops. Um, because I do love the show. I do appreciate your support. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, wherever it is you get your podcast, make sure to rate and review the show. It helps the algorithm. It's nice to get feedback, good or bad. I need to get better about accepting feedback. I try not to do the ums and the uhs and the likes, especially as a former teacher. Those things drove me crazy. So next week, October 15th, Mile High Musings will be airing live at 6 a.m. Mountain, which means the pot, the episode will drop shortly thereafter. And it'll be more of like a look back slash preview for Broncos games. It's all that good. So let's get into our final segment tonight because I only have a few things to talk about. And I told you we were going to be short and sweet tonight. The Colorado Avalanche return to action Wednesday night in L.A. against the Kings. Hockey is about to be back, baby. I love my indoor sports. I was an indoor sports guy, played basketball. I love hockey. I love basketball. I cannot wait for the indoor sports to be back. One, indoor sports. Lots of games. So if they look like crap, at least you have 81 more games, you know, to balance it by. Up early on Sundays, that part-time job. Hopefully you can still tune in, Taryn. I hope so. Um, But, man, I love the Avalanche. And I love the Nuggets. We're going to talk about the Nuggets next week. It's going to be a Nuggets full pod next week for sure. And after two weeks of meaningless hockey, actually, this year there were a couple positions up for grabs. And the way the NHL contracts work and call-ups and waivers and blah, blah, blah. The Avs needed to solidify their fourth line, so it wasn't it wasn't meaningless hockey. But the Avs start in earnest Wednesday night against the Kings. The NHL actually kicks off its season with three primetime games on Tuesday. I will probably have them on in the background if I get a chance. But our abs start on Wednesday. Now, two weeks ago, I did line predictions. I don't know how, like, my fourth line was way off. I will tell you that. I think that my first line was pretty close. My second line was pretty close. But I, I also forgot that NHL teams carry 20 total skaters. And two goalies, so I didn't have I didn't have those those that extra forward and extra defenseman or the extra two forwards in my 
predictions. So I want to take another run at this prediction of lines based on how the preseason kind of finished up and questions that I still have that it's crazy, man. You can find this stuff all over the place for everything but hockey. Hockey plays things close to the vest, and I kind of like it. And I want to get into why I've really appreciated hockey over the last couple of years, especially not even the cup run year, but last year. Um, and it has to do with one of my last takes about the Broncos and how it's contrasted with how hockey players are. But let's take a run at this line thing. So line one, Nathan McKinnon, y'all, he's destined to have another 100 points. I'm telling you right now, another 100-point season. Miko Rantanen, same thing. I think McKinnon and Rantanen are going to be on the line, and I think Jonathan Drouin is actually going to be on the first line. I had him on the second line two weeks ago, but I think Drouin, with the way he played in the preseason, with the things that he showed he could do, granted it wasn't always against NHL top-tier talent, but the skill set that that kid possesses, and I think it's just going to be change of scenes, going to be good for him, and playing with his old buddy Nathan McKinnon. Now, that was 10 years ago, but I think playing with the talent that he will on that first line and just in Colorado in general, uh, I think Drewen's going to flourish. And so I, I see him up playing on that first line with, with Mac and Miko. That means your second line is Johansson at center. I think Arturi Lekkanen moves down to that second line. And then Val Machuskin, who looked fast, actually, not just a runaway freight train. Choo-choo. But Val looks pretty good in the preseason when we got to see him. Uh, now, what that means is that that is probably the best forechecking, one of the best forechecking lines in the league with Lekin and, and Nachuskin. But they're going to have to be, uh, they're going to have to be paired up with a defensive pairing that actually sits back. So maybe it's that, maybe it's Byram and, and Manson if Manson's healthy. Maybe it's Jack Johnson and Sammy G. I don't know. Third line set, man. Our third line got so much better. Last year, it was this weird carousel of Newhook and LOC and all of these guys that should be fourth liners or not even in the league. And this year, it's set. Ross Colton at center, Miles Wood, and Tomas Tatar. Tatar looked fast. He looked good in the preseason. Again, not always against NHL talent, but he looked good. <laughs> Sorry. My baby is up. That is the other thing about going to the uh, the morning time zone is that there could be special guest appearances by my daughters, which would be cool, but also maybe distracting if you're not me. I'm daddy. I live with it every day. I love it. They're my girls. They're my everything. So if they're making pot appearances, consider yourselves lucky. Don't you think so, Penny Quinn? Go Blancos. That's what I'm talking about. Don't you want to be on Daddy's Podcast? What, Daddy? I said, don't you want to be on Daddy's Podcast? I'm just kidding. Those are recorded drops. But she probably won't say anything because Penny's embarrassed, which is ridiculous because she's a showman. Anyway, Colton, Wood, Tatar, dude, that third line is good. That third, Any one of those dudes on the third line could actually push for the second line, which is great. I think that middle six flexibility for the Avalanche is amazing. Marcus, what's up? Thanks for jumping in the chat. Um... I think that that middle six flexibility, obviously something we didn't have last year, but I think it's going to make whoever's sitting on the second line even better because they could lose their minutes to guys behind them working hard. Also, that third line is going to play in a way that we could not play against Seattle in the first round of the playoffs last year. That I want every 50-50 puck. I'm going to grind. I'm going to work. I also have speed. I'm also not afraid to shoot. I'm also not afraid to hit you in the face. We lacked that last year. just my breathing 
Sorry, I know I've had mic issues, and I thought I had it figured out. Every week, there's a little weirdness, so I'm watching my levels. So I think that the middle six flexibility is great. And then your fourth line actually kind of got solidified this week, too, in a way I didn't see coming. I thought Ben Myers would end up on the fourth line, but he he's gone. Well, he's on waivers to be assigned to the AHL team in Loveland. I don't think Ben Myers, I don't think he's ready and he's had a lot of run. I don't know. I don't know if he's ever going to be ready, which stinks, but cause he's a good kid and I like him and he works hard. But like I've said about the Broncos, you just, you can't keep dudes because you like them. You can like them as a fan, but it's a business at the end of the day. If Ben Myers isn't the best fourth line center and doesn't belong in your fourth line, he needs to be in Loveland or he needs to go play somewhere else. So I think Frederick Olofsson is going to be the center. I think Logan O'Connor is going to play on the wing. I think LOC needs to be on that fourth line, man. I don't think he's good enough to be on the third line. He was on the third line last year because we had no choice. But I think it's going to be Frederick Olofsson, Logan O'Connor, and then right now it's got to be Riley Tufty in there at that last winger spot because Cogliano's hurt. And we're going to get to injuries here in a minute. D pairings, I think I was spot on. You've got Batman and Robin, a.k.a. Kale McCarr and Devontae's best defensive pairing in the league. Full stop. Come at me. McCarr, best player in the league. Full stop. Come at me. Maybe he's 1A, McKinnon's 1B. I don't care. Fight me. And then second pairing, Bo Byram for sure. And then projections are Josh Manson. He didn't play at all in the pre. He played one game in the preseason. If he's healthy, if it's not Manson, I don't know who it is. That's kind of one of the things that's up in the air for me. If it's not Josh Manson, I don't want Byram and Sam Girard on the same pairing. They play too similar a game. That's going to leave, if they're out there with Johansson, Leckie, and Val, I think that's going to leave Rijo in a tough spot because he's going to have to get back as a centerman. He's a good defensive centerman, but he's also a good offensive centerman. So I don't think Sammy G and Byram need to be on the same defensive pairing. Byram, and I don't know if it's not Manson, and then your third pairing is Sam Girard and Jack Johnson. And Jack Johnson could be the first one out if it's not Manson. Avs have some detail that's young. Sam Malinsky is not ready for NHL experience yet. So it could be Curtis McDermott, who they were trying to make it forward. But McDermott's a Swiss Army Knife kind of guy. So you could always throw him back there with Sammy G, and you know what you're going to get. So who's the 13th forward? Is it Curtis McDermott? I think McDermott needs to be your 7th defenseman. I think your 13th forward is Ben Myers. I think your 13th forward is... I don't know. I'd say Oscar Lawson, but he needs a run. I want Lawson to play in Loveland. You know? Cogliano comes back. Your 13 forward's Riley Tufty, maybe. But Cogliano's getting long in the tooth. He broke his neck, gang. Like, you don't rush that back. Seventh defenseman? I don't know. McDermott? We have some of these older guys that... You know, is it Brad Hunt? Brad Hunt's the captain of the Eagles in Loveland. 
He needs to be there and mentor the younger guys. I don't know. I love the 13th forward, 7th defenseman, defenseman question because I don't know who it is. And it's going to be interesting to see what Joe Sackick and Chris McFarland and, and Jared Bednar do with those spots. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be interesting. So let's talk injuries. We got to, we got to talk three major injuries and then we're going to get into a little, little perspective and then history. Ready? Okay, here we go. Let's run through this because we are actually going longer than I wanted to. So your big injuries, like I said, Andrew Cogliano, not expected to be ready for the opener. Not dead sure when he's coming back. He broke his neck. Goalie Pavel Francois out for an undisclosed amount of time. Some reports are he won't be back for the season. Some reports are he's not going to be ready for just the opener. So the Avs are rolling with Georgiev as their number one, as they do. And then Eustace Annanen as a true number two goalie versus the basically 1A, 1B system the Avs have had for the last two years. Because if you look back at the cup run, Darcy Kemper got hurt and Francois came in and pitched two shutouts to help the Avs win the cup. And then last year, it was easy to go with Georgiev or Francois. Like, I didn't feel bad when Francois was healthy when Francois was in the net. And then, of course, the last and probably most prominent injury for the Avs is the captain, Gabriel Landeskog, the longest tenured captain in Avalanche history. is out for the year. I think he might be done for his career. I don't know. If he doesn't come back, though, who's the next captain? Who is it? And and I, I wish I had some, like, hockey snob... Hardcore Avs fans, no offense to the people in chat, but I, like, give me, give me my cousins who are snobby Avs fans, like who just like eat, sleep, drink, breathe hockey. Who's the next captain? Is it McKinnon? I'd like it to be McKinnon. Dude leads by example. He's kind of that Michael Jordan, like he holds everybody to a high standard because he holds himself to a high standard. I love that. And maybe that's, that's what it is. I love about hockey versus what I'm loving about NFL football right now is that McKinnon, who is the best player on the team, holds himself to a high standard. And he looks at other guys and like, you need to be good. You need to be better than that crap. Which to me is, that's a good captain, but is it a good captain? I don't know. Joe Sackett was, good, was, Joe Sackett was the best captain. Landis Cog is a great bench leader. Don't get me wrong. There's a reason... Gabe has been the captain for 20 years or whatever it's been. Almost, no, not really 20 years. But is it McKinnon? Is it McCarr? Probably McCarr, who's the face of the franchise. Listen, uh, here's my sleeper. If they could get the deal done, Devon Taves could be the next captain. I wish they'd get that deal done because I think Devon Taves is the all-around leader. He's, he's the second best defenseman on the team. He's probably the second best defenseman in the league. Top five for sure. He's on the best defensive pairing in the league. He leads by example. He's a good bench leader. He's good with the rookies. He's good with the vets. Taves is a great leader. I think he would make a great captain. The Avs have got to get that deal done for it to be a thing. So, like I said earlier, I love the moves that the Avs made. Sure's up the middle six. Lots of flexibility. Right now, our, our third line could crush other third lines. And our third line, our third line could be the second line for a lot of squads right now. You know, Johansson, he adds some great strength to the second line and also PP1. And we need him to not be Nazem Kadri from the cup year, but we do need him to be better than JT Comfort from last year. Because I'm telling you, that was a flash in the pan and Detroit overpaid for him. Sorry, Detroit. Third line's going to be fantastic. I'm excited. Avs started the season with three road games, though. LA, San Jose, and Seattle. West Coast swing. 
Uh, eight mountain puck drops. Oof, late nights for your boy here. And what's crazy is that the Az only have two. Two. T-W-O. Two. Two home games for the month of October. That's it. They start the month out west, and then they finish the month with an east coast swing to the Islanders, Pittsburgh, and Buffalo. Come on, schedule makers. Last year, you couldn't help but give us back-to-backs all the time, and now you only give us two home games in the month of October? Nuggets better be playing a hell of a lot of home ball in October. I'm telling you that right now. Now, listen, not that I'm a betting man, but I went ahead and looked at the four major Vegas sports books, FanDuel, DraftKings, PointsBet, and BetRivers. The Avs are the favorite in three of the four books to win the cup. The favorite. Gotta love that. And now to contrast the Broncos segment, let's look at the history of the Avalanche. Credit to Hockey Reference for these numbers. This year marks the 28th season as the Colorado Avalanche. I don't want to go all the way back to the days of the Quebec Nordiques for this one, even though I love that history, and it would make a total of 44 seasons. But let's just talk about 28 seasons as the Avalanche. Only four. Four. One, two, three, four losing seasons. 19 playoff appearances. Three Stanley Cup Finals appearances. Three Stanley Cup Finals wins. That's right. They are 3-4-3, three, three, the only franchise to win every Cup Finals appearance. You heard it here first, folks. No, you didn't. If you read an article like I did, they're that good. 12 division titles, 8 seasons with 100-plus points. Colorado sports fans, you want a team to get behind that is successful? Pick the Avs. They have two of the three best players in hockey. I would say the two best players in hockey, but I'm biased in Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon, period, full stop. They have a good coach, Jared Bednar, who's on his eighth season in town. He is he is a good-looking man. I am secure enough in who I am to say he's a good-looking man. He's a good coach. He has worked his way up and earned his stripes. He is great with the rookies. He's great with the vets. He's great dealing with superstars like McKinnon and McCarr. He's a fantastic coach. He's never going to win the Jack Adams Coach of the Year, Year of the Award because they're going to look at our roster and be like, well, hell yeah, you should win all those games with that team. He should have won it last year when we were injury-ridden, just like bogged with injuries, and we still ended up winning the Central Division. The Avs more often than not play well. They've won a title more recently than all of the Colorado sports franchises. Baby, did you really think I was going to go an episode without talking about the NBA champions? Come on, gang. You know me better than that. That's right. It is the golden era. Go Nuggets. Listen, go Avs go, man. Last year I watched over 70 games, and I can't wait to hopefully watch 70 more, 70 plus more this year, the Avs are statistically the most watched That's not likely to change. And then probably I'll just subscribe to whatever gives me Avs broadcast all the time because I like it. Every time down the ice, I get excited. It's just, I just love, I absolutely love watching hockey. I think it's fantastic. But that is going to do it. For us today on Mile High Musings here on IE Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports. Shout out to Taryn and Marcus for being in Shout out to every day or coming back to the Broncos. Terrible. Next week, we're going to do a Nugget season preview. We're going to talk about the fact that the Avalanche played meaningful hockey. We're going to talk about the Broncos and the fact that they had to play the Chiefs on Thursday night. Wolf. And we'll talk about the CU Buffs against Stanford Cardinal. Man, we got a lot of content coming, and I did say that I was going to talk about teams that are relevant. Broncos get to 1 and 8, 1 and 9. Bye! Replace that mic? Yeah, I know. Uh, this mic is. It's actually not the mic, it's the. Yeah, see right there? 
nothing moved. It's the digital box that I plugged the mic in that I need to replace. It's killing me. I've been working on it for 11 episodes. Yeah. So I have a solution that I thought of this week. But thanks, Marcus. Appreciate the feedback. Don't forget to check out the show and all the other shows on social media. Give us a follow. And thank you. It's not the cord. It's the uh, direct input box that I plug into. The cord is brand new. The mic is brand new. It's not bent. It's not crooked or anything like that. It is literally the box into which I plug the microphone. But with all that to say before it gets crappy again, thanks. I am Aaron Yall signing off from the top of the mountain. Mile high salute to you. And stay good, sports fans.